You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And thanks for listening. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to spotlight injuries with Will Carroll and visit with Kyle Brandt from NFL Network. Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today with one of my good friends and one of the league's best backs in the game, Warwick Dunn of the NFL Legends community. Warwick, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Appreciate you guys having me. Oh, man, I appreciate you coming on, as I always do. I would say a good friend, and and most importantly, let's just say a good man. We always appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, I hear some great news taking place in December. Uh, The Falcons Ring of Honor? What's that all about? Talk to me. Man, I have no idea. I mean, it got the wrong name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was a little taken back, man. So, you know, I'm still like, I don't believe it's real. You know, you don't, you, you play the game to, to hopefully, you know, you're always giving your best and play at the highest level. And, uh, man, I'm, you know, I'm still speechless. So, man, I'm, I'm thankful, though, that Congratulations. You know, you, you'd be recognized for things not just off the field, but on the field as well. So, man, I appreciate it. Warwick, let's spotlight tonight's game. Jameis Winston, still early in his NFL career, but how far has he come both as a player and a person since you have known him back to the Florida State days, given your connection to that program? Well, I just think overall he's grown and matured. Uh, To become a professional quarterback in this league, I mean, he has to be a leader. So I think he's setting the tone day in and day out by showing up at the facility early, just being that leader that they need. And I think overall in the field, I mean, he's he's really grown into understanding, you know, utilizing the guys around him. I mean, he's still at times, you know, he's going to make mistakes. We're all a human. But I think they're definitely riding his back. And as long as they can continue to put playmakers around him, uh, he's going to have a great opportunity to be not just a good quarterback in this league, but a great quarterback for years to come. Let's say, Warwick, you pretty much are torn between the two, uh, the Bucks, and also the team where you're going into the Ring of Honor here with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, when thinking of the Atlanta Falcons and, and, and you being a part of the organization, give me your take on what you see from this team. Moments in time during the season, they're, they're really hot and they're on fire. Then there's moments where they have that lull, not in the beginning of the game, not in the middle, but mainly towards the end to where it seems sometimes like they can't finish what do you tribute that to, or is it just the other team is playing really good to where they, they find ways to get in the end zone a little bit more? Well, I, I think when you you play the game and when you look at it, everybody's getting better every year. Once they see what you've done, people draft, and they game plan you a lot better. It's a year for defensive coordinators to get a leg up, but it's not the same team as last year. And I try to you know tell people that this is a different team different circumstances, different environment, and also you have different players. You have now a new offensive coordinator. So it's going to take some time for them to really get into uh, a rhythm, to gel, to understand and learn. And I think right now it's just growing pains. Still a talented team. They have all of the weapons, but – you know, can you mesh at the right time to make a run? And I think right now they're just learning how to play together. But, again, 
we've had some luck where we didn't have guys get injured and so forth, and now we've had some injuries we have to deal with, so we got to show some resilience and just stay on the path. And hopefully we can get through the muddiness and come out on the end and playing good football in the second half of the year. Work done. Part of the NFL Legends community is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Work. your foundations have done such great work. There's that outstanding story about how thanks to your organization and Habitat for Humanity, 11 years ago now, Deshaun Watson's family was able to yeah. secure a new home. We've all seen that photo of that special day. What do you remember about it? Man, I remember that I was taller than Deshaun. <laughs> Man, that tells you time flies. I mean, I was a giant then, and now I'm looking up to him. But uh, I think, you know, from that day, just looking at those, that photo and, and just thinking about that time that I actually met him for the first time, uh, I think that is an example of sometimes you plant seeds, you instill things, and that carried along with him so that now he's helping other people. And for me, that's the most important thing is that we we share the love and we share our blessings and he's sharing his blessings by helping people even before he got in national football league at Clemson, he was going back and helping other habitat families. So I, I've just been taught in my life that, Hey, you give a person a helping hand, they still have to do some things on their own and you just give them a hand up and not a hand out. So I've been truly blessed, man, to be able to touch people's lives, but to see the benefits and, and, and of individuals that are going out and helping other people because they've been blessed. And that's why you're going into the Falcons ring of honor. It's just because of those things you do. It's you make it bigger than you. You make it more about the people. And I think that's why the, the residuals always come back to you the way they do. But with saying that, uh, the very first time you, you, you've done something in your life, all of our lives, we have a certain feeling, especially when it comes to success. Has that feeling changed from the first time you've given a home away to a family uh, from way back when up until now? Has the feeling changed? No, the feeling hasn't changed. It's different, you know, because I've done it for so long uh, and every situation is different. But the, the, the feeling, the passion, the emotion is still there. I mean, when I go out and I see people and I hand over keys and I hug people, I still you know, have that passion to just want to see them succeed. And because we all come from different backgrounds, different environments, but sometimes we all need a helping hand to get going, or we just need someone to, to, you know, paint a different picture for us to see that, you know, the world is really not that bad. It's a great place if we take advantage of our opportunities. And I've just been, uh, I've just been blessed to live a good life and to be able to help people. But, uh, most importantly, I just can't forget the people that helped me to get to this point. And I, obviously, you can't do it alone, and you know that. So uh, the people before me, they taught me what it means to give back and care about your neighbor and to help each other. And I'm just paying it forward because people paid it for, you know, helped me. So I got to pay it forward. And that also captures, I think, the essence of the Legends community. Work every Thursday, we talk to a legend like yourself. Real highlight on this show. What does being part of the NFL Legends community mean to you? Man, it, it means a lot because it tells us that we're not forgetting about the guys who played the game, who set the tone. Uh, the guys before me, they are the true legends. I'm just, you know, they paved the way for me. And to be able to be a part of a group that is trying to make sure that they have access to all of the benefits, all of the information that's available to them. If they want to grow businesses, if they want to uh, promote themselves and, and, and so forth, you know, we're there to assist and help them. 
and, and really just continue to have that brotherhood because a lot of times I think when we get away from the game, we lose contact with each other. And, and now we have opportunity to fellowship. We come together at different events, and we have different events across the country that we don't want to just give, you know, just just be a handout. We want to be able to, to give guys tools so they're able to be successful for the long haul because it's a journey. And playing a National Football League, we know you play 16 games, you know, 17 weeks, but it's 16 games. And it's it's not a sprint. It is a marathon because we're in it together. And any guy who's played one down, they are a legend. They're considered part of the legacy of this game. And, and all the guys who played this game set the pathway for the future players. So I'm honored to be a part of that and honored to uh, help guys, you know, along their journey. Warren, you, Warwick, you mentioned, I said Warren, Warwick, you mentioned um, guys actually coming together. Uh, and you see yeah. the National Football League now where you have owners, you have players, uh, you have coaches, uh, all now taking a stance uh, for something that's bigger than them, and, and whether it be a knee or even arms locking, being together. Uh, what, tell me about the landscape of the National Football League when it comes to the guys coming closer together for us, not just being a part of the Legends community or just being with our own friends, the guys we play with and that we like to hang out with, but you're seeing now offensive linemen hanging out with defensive linemen. You're seeing quarterbacks you know, grabbing arms together with, with DBs. You know that very rarely happens because we're competing so much on the field in practice, but you're now seeing a chance, you're having a chance now to see it throughout the National Football League from every team. Yeah. Uh, give me your take on the landscape well, of the game. Well, the environment is just it's so crazy right now that, you know, I think what we're showing now is unity, right? We're showing togetherness. We're showing that no matter what our background is, where no matter where we come from, our color, our you know, religion, whatever, you know, when you play the International Football League, I have to trust the guy on the side of me. Uh, I have to believe that he's going to do his job. And we all have the same goals and outcome, and that is to win football game, play our best, win football game, and become champions. And the National Football League is about, one, unity, right? We all have to stick together because we all play a game that we love, and this game brings millions of people together that they want to watch you every Thursday, Sunday, and on Mondays. I mean, this is a special game that, you know, not only as players that we, not only as players, but also as fans. We love to see guys compete, and we love the camaraderie. And for guys to take knees, I support them. Why? Because they they're bring, they're raising awareness about a, a cause, a social cause that they care about. I can respect that. There's no disrespect to the flag. I mean, my mom was a police officer. I understand what the flag means, but we also know that everyone in this country is a patriot. You know, the referees, the people, the water boys on the sideline. I mean, everybody's a patriot in this country because we all believe in, in one cause and making sure we have the, the greatest country on earth and we have the freedom for a free speech. So these guys are coming together, locking arms, taking knees, standing up for each other because, you know what, they want to show America and show everyone that no matter what, what our history is, our background, that we're going to stick together and do it as one. Well said. Warwick, thank you so much for the time. We really enjoyed the conversation, and we appreciate you giving us a few minutes today on the NFL on TuneIn.
I appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. While you're enjoying the game, enjoy a Miller Lite, because when it comes to a beer brewed to handle a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane pump returns, and I can't believe he caught that. Look for the light beer that's always brewed. For more taste with only 96 calories, Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer on this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste, Miller Lite. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's go round the league with Kyle Brandt from NFL Network. Kyle, thanks for taking the time. Cordell had a brief chapter in Chicago. Now it's Mitchell Trubisky's turn. Do you think he's going to be able to jumpstart the offense? Guys, this is an exciting time. And I remember Cordell in Chicago, and I cannot wait for Mitchell in Chicago. That sweet, sweet call of Jeff Joniak coming in there to Victor Cruz. is not even on the team anymore. It's still got me going. Monday night, guys, Minnesota, I am so excited. This native Chicagoan cannot wait. Kyle, give me a take. You know, I came in in a time in 03, and I remember coming in and didn't end up bringing in Rex Grossman. And I was somewhat frustrated because that information didn't come out um, until I saw he was drafted. Give me your take Mm -hmm. on how they've given Mike Glennon uh, the $45 million, 18 up front guaranteed money, and then moving up to the second pick to grab up Mitchell Trubisky, who we've seen this preseason, look like with what they call for him for his plays were concerned, can actually now, because of the lack thereof for Mike Glennon, can probably bring some to the offense to help out with this offensive line that has had a hard time protecting their quarterback. I hope so, Cordell. I mean, the way that they got here is a, I, I don't know what they were doing in terms of giving Glennon that money, and then, you know, you hear these these uh, satirical stories about how he's at a draft party and he's uh, having spinach dip, and then they tell him they draft Mike Mitchell Trubisky, and Mike doesn't even know about it. So I remember on the draft, I was, I, I was furious because I was confused, and we've seen all those reaction shots of Bears fans about what are you doing, and that's fine. That was, that was crazy, and I didn't know what the plan was. But from that moment on is when you turn the page. And I remember that early on when they drafted Trubisky, he goes to a Bulls game. And they put him up on the Jumbotron, and everybody booed him at the United Center. I thought that was terrible because don't blame this kid. If you're angry with the – if you think there's disarray, that's fine. But they drafted this dude, and Mike Lennon – I'm not feeling bad for Mike Lennon either, Cordell, because he got money, he's getting guaranteed money. And more than, more than that, he got a shot. He got a four-game shot. And we're looking at a year in this season when all these rookie quarterbacks, at least most of them are playing, Deshaun Kaiser's playing, Deshaun Watson's playing, and the Bears said, no, 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 we're going to keep ours on the sidelines. He couldn't get it done. And, guys, I can't wait to watch him because this kid can actually move around. I mean, I bring it up again. That touchdown pass he threw in the preseason to Victor Cruz was on a sprint out, and then he's going to bootleg. He's going to run around. He's going to do anything. If you don't have the wide receivers, if you don't have a lot of playmakers, let's put a playmaker at quarterback. This guy is a young, strong athlete who ran a 4-6 in the combine. This is the only move here, and I just wish they had made it sooner. Kyle Brandt, good morning. Football is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Kyle, you do a Survivor segment each week. The Jeff Probst yeah. necklace, a nice touch. How many people do <laughs> you think are going to ride with the Jaguars against the Steelers in their Survivor pool this week? A lot. Absolutely a lot. I think that, is, I think that might be the pick. And thank you for noticing. Nobody wears 
shirts with more pockets than Jeff <laughs> and the choker necklace. So everybody does a survivor pool. On our show, we always try to put a different spin on the thing. So I've been living dangerously. It's Every week it seems to come down to the last play. But I do like Pittsburgh. Um, you get deep enough in survivor pools, eventually you're going to get burned. You know, you, you get nervous about it. I do like Pittsburgh, though, because I feel like something happens to them. You know, they always say, Cordell, you know this, sometimes in a football game, you got to take that first big hit and it really wakes you up, opens your eyes, and say, now I'm in a game. I feel like Pittsburgh needed to play Baltimore. You know, that's, a, that's when they got their huckleberry. That's when their blood started flowing. Le'Veon Bell finally showed up. So is, is, we, we're concentrating on Antonio Brown on the sidelines, throwing coolers and whatnot. I think that might actually be a good thing. I think there might be a little bit of a sleeping giant with Pittsburgh. I will ride them hard in Survivor this week. Well, you say Le'Veon Bell finally woke up. I said there finally was a Gatorade jug flying as well uh, when it comes down to <laughs> what this team is actually able to do. But looking at the Steelers team, just to stay right there for a moment, do yeah. you see that being more of a distraction? Because most receivers in the National Football League, and mind you, he just got his new deal, Antonio Brown. I mean, look yeah. at Odell Beckham. Look at Des Bryant. I mean, we can go on and on with T.O. Sure. We can keep going on and on with receivers that have been, let's call them divas. But do you see that as a distraction, or you just see it more of a guy that's that's wanting to be the person and player that he's been, even when Martavis Bryant's been out, even when Le'Veon Bell's been out, which is the go-to guy, and he was wide open, and he just wants to get the ball. Yeah. Well, listen, not everyone has receivers are so level-headed like you had, Cordell. Yancey, Big Ten, and those guys, just they ran cool. That's what you they think. They weren't throwing any pennies coolers on the sideline. That's right? what you think. <laughs> no, I wish I could rewind time. Hey, they did more than throw them. They were trying to throw me a couple of times. But, now we were good. We were good. <laughs> guys were mature. Uh, guys understood. Guys worked together. And I played wide receivers, so I knew them very well. So I was fortunate to have a good group over my time. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you had a great group, and I loved your teams. But I look, Cordell, you, you could you could speak to this better than me. But I would say, Antonio, when you show up and roll out of bed and have a hundred catches season after season, I, I'm not going to if you start doing backflips and start screaming because you threw a Gatorade jug on the sideline. Listen, people want to don't don't even begin to say him and Odell in the same sentence. Odell is a guy who is doing toilet humor on the field and getting penalized and getting his linemen angry about it. Antonio Brown, we had Cameron Hayward, guy who's the AFC Defensive Player of the Week on the show this week. We asked him the same thing. He said, listen, Antonio is the ultimate competitor. He's frustrated. He wants to win. He wants to produce all the time. And I look at the Steelers team, don't you think a little frustration might start to set in as a team, whether it's Ben or AB, in the, in the sense that this is year after year now where – we're really good and we don't get it done. We're really good and we lose to New England. Like, how many shots do you get at this thing before the window closes, Ben starts to retire? You know, Antonio Brown, he's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of catches, and that's great. He's not showing up in the Super Bowl yet. So I can see this is a big year for them, for all of them across the board. Kyle, let's wrap it up with some inside media conversation. Always fascinating. When you left the Jim Rome show as an executive producer, they needed some new folks to pitch in. So I've had the great pleasure of filling in for Jim a couple times this year. How did you oh, deal cool. with the clones every day when you were screening those phone calls? <laughs> That's a great question. First of all, how are the clones treating you? They're uh, okay. Here's my bit. That's the good question. I, of the day I do right the there. full heel from the WWE. I don't take many calls. I come in and I say, oh, good for you. I'm selective with phone calls. You have to wear me down. And now there's a little bit of give and take. All right. That's wise. Because sometimes people get into the jungle and they say, man, you know, 
I've been listening since 96 or whatever, and I, I want to talk to the clones, and let me get in there, and I want to, you don't want to do that. That's like, that's like going into the zoo and jumping into the lion exhibit. Don't do that. Just watch the lions. Start with the, you know, the monkeys or something, or the birds. You don't want to jump right into because those, those, those clones will eat you alive. I got to host many times, and you just, you just start off. You have a first date. You know, on the first date, you, you just have you just have coffee, all right? You're not going out to Broadway on the first day. You take one call, call it a day if you survive it. So you are very smart, my friend, because other guest hosts on that program have been chased off, never to be heard from again, because they get traumatized by the uh, the phone bank. So I survived. I feel like I should have a T-shirt. I survived the room, so, and so should you, my friend. Well, I can hang with Cordell five days a week, so it's nice just to parachute in a couple times. Oh, Kyle, keep up the great work. Why did you not audition for NFL AM in 2012? You could have saved me a year of being addicted to Lunesta when I was dragging my ass in at midnight to do that show at 3 o'clock in the morning. I know you did that show, and those hours are ridiculous. That's why they finally said, all right, the hell with this. we got to move this show to the East Coast. I mean, I get up at the very, very reasonable time now at 3.30 a.m. as opposed to midnight or something like that. So I should have come in in 2012, but we both know I would have lost you anyway. So I have to oh, stop, stop, stop. It didn't happen. Um, but that is pretty funny. You did that show, and uh, you did, uh, you know, The Jungle. And i got to be honest, guys, I, 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 I talk to ex-athletes all the time, and Try to play cool, and you know, no big deal. Oh yeah, Emmett Smith, nice to meet you, Cordell. I'm I'm a little freaking out right now, man. I'm telling you, you are my guy. Slash, I'm not kidding. I'm just gonna go ahead and kiss the ring. You are my man. I played your video games. I had your jersey. I way back to Colorado. I mean, I I am a huge yeah. Cordell Stewart fan. So thank you for having me on. And this is this has truly been an honor. You were the you were the man. Thank you so much. More than welcome. Come back anytime you want. And it's always a pleasure watching you too as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Kyle. Keep it going on NFL Network. Thank you. I will. Go get him. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls for more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free. At home, on campus, or in rival territory, hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Next up on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, we're joined by Will Carroll, the injury expert. Will, thanks for taking the time, and let's start in Minnesota. What does the rehab look like for Cook trying to come back from the torn ACL? Yeah, you know, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, It's too bad. We see this too much. Uh, But luckily, we've gotten pretty good at him. ACL reconstruction is almost rote at this point. The surgeon's going to go in, fix him up, put him back out there in six to nine months. He's going to be as good as new. Uh, you know, you hope there's not any associated damage. Uh, you do see those same kind of consequences down the line with his teammate, Sam Bradford, who has had multiple ACL reconstructions, has had some cartilage damage as well, which is really the big question. It's not whether the ACL is torn. We know that. It's whether there's cartilage damage. It's whether that meniscus is torn, whether any of the other ligaments have damage, um, because there is arthritic changes, cartilage uh, defects that can catch up with you. And Sam Bradford is having a hard time getting things under control, having a maintenance program that gets him from practice to practice, week to week and game to game. Uh, You hope in 10 years that Dalvin Cook's in the league and has those kind of problems 
but there's no reason he shouldn't be back uh, really for the start of training camp next year. Julio Jones, his hip, I know they say that potentially he may play his hip flexor. Uh, give me your take yeah. on him. I mean, he's had multiple injuries, but this is one is one of the first, I would say, of the season that caused you to question if he'll be able to play or not. Yeah, this is a tough one, Cordell, because you know Julio is such a great physical specimen that you can't imagine that he keeps having these kind of problems. The foot you understand, you know, plays on a fast turf. He's fast. Those light shoes stick, uh, and you know we're seeing more and more of these. Uh, you know, foot, ankle uh, injuries, both soft and uh, bony tissue. Uh, so that's not really a surprise. But muscular issues, hamstrings, hip flexors, things like that are things you should be able to prevent. I mean, if you take a look at Julio, he's in, he's in condition. There's no question about this. So this is one of those unfortunate things where either he overtaxed the muscle or dehydrated slightly. And this keeps coming back to an issue that's just dumbfounding to me. You know, in an age where you know, Gatorade, Powerade, water is omnipresent on the sideline, where we talk about hydration, uh, you know, 10 years ago, hydration was kind of a technical term. And now, heck, you see people at the gym talking about, oh, got to hydrate, got to hydrate. Uh, this is something that keeps coming up in terms of muscular injuries. Now, I don't know if that's the case in terms of Julio. I worry more about that turf, that, that multi-purpose turf, which isn't something we have a lot of in the NFL. You hope he's ready to go. It's going to affect him on two things that are important to his game, the quick start and the jumps. And if it's slowing him down on that, he's a less-than receiver. Anytime we have a guest use the word omnipresent, we're having a great show. He's a wordsmith, and he's an injury analyst, Will Carroll. Will, we all admire what Marcus Mariota has been able to do to start his career, but he went down with a broken leg last year. How could the hamstring injury limit him Sunday if he plays against the Dolphins because mobility is such a huge asset? Yeah, it is. You know, they haven't run him a lot. And in watching the tape after the injury, uh, you know, this is a garden variety hamstring injury. I don't think there's a whole lot. Uh, This is one of those injuries that happens. Uh, You know, the Titans are one of the teams I know do a Nordic uh, hamstring program to try to prevent these kind of injuries but you're never going to prevent 100%. He overextended it uh, and uh, had a pretty significant muscle tearing. I don't think he's going to play this week. I think they're going to be cautious with him. The one thing I saw on the tape is that he seems cautious, and I'm curious if Cordell agrees here. Uh, that he, you know, I think the, the broken leg, uh, which is healed up, you know, bones heal pretty normally uh, on, a, on a very uh, typical time frame, but I wonder if it's in his head. You know, it hurt when he broke his leg. He doesn't want that again. Uh, is it in his head that he's going to get hit again or that it's going to hurt again? Is he 100% confident in himself again? It doesn't seem like that came back. So I, I worry more that the confidence and the mental aspect is something they're going to have to work on as much as getting that muscle healed up. Unless you know it's a torn ligament, a, a muscle or a bone of some sort torn completely, most of it really boils down to uh, pain tolerance. But you speaking yeah. of guys who wondering if they can handle it or not. What about Josh Norman? Um, he actually ended up playing in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs and thought he had one of his better games, let's just say, against Oakland. But now he has a rib issue. Do you think he'll be missed for some time to where it can probably affect his defense because they're really starting to play well? Yeah, they are. And uh, he is such a big part of that. Takes away a whole part of the field uh, when he's on. And this is a pain tolerance issue. We've got a rib injury with him. We've got a rib injury with Ty Montgomery. And there's, there are ways to protect it. You know, a couple of years ago when Tony Romo uh, had his broken ribs, 
Uh, he, he wore uh, a rib protector from a company called Unequal. It's made of Kevlar, the same kind of stuff they make bulletproof vests out of. It's very thin, very light. Uh, Michael Vick wore it after a rib injury. I don't know why everybody doesn't wear it, because the stuff works. Uh, there's actually a video on YouTube of me testing this stuff by hitting myself in the hammer uh, in the head with a hammer. Uh, oh, well, do that again. You hit I, yourself in the head with a hammer? Yeah, with this Kevlar material uh-huh. in between. And the stuff works because I don't go around hitting myself in the head with a hammer normally. Uh, it, 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 the stuff really does work. I don't know why people don't use it. I mean, you see these guys out there with smaller and smaller pads. There was a clip on Sunday night where they showed Kenny Easley running down Chris Collins' work. And that was funny because Chris, you know, laughed it off. But what I noticed is Kenny Easley had these giant shoulder pads on. I mean, they were up to his ears. And I was like, wow, things have changed. But in making these smaller and lighter, they've also given up some of the padding. So we're seeing more and more rib injuries, chest injuries. There's a player, uh, a lineman with a sternum injury. Uh, These aren't normal. We should have these padding. I don't know why players take away padding. If I was playing, if I had that ability, I'd be out there looking like Iron Man. I'm just trying to soak this in. Hey, since you're talking equipment and Cornell can jump in, fellas, what happened to neck rolls? Will, is there a reason why neck rolls have gone the way of new Coke? Yeah, they don't work. That that was really... They look cool, though, back in the day. They did. It's like cowboy collars, those big neck rolls like the Boz had. Uh, They looked cool, and that was about it. Research showed they didn't do anything. They didn't reduce the injuries, and they reduced the mobility. Uh, there, There was some danger with those because the head would get trapped uh, and when the head can't move, uh, the brain ends up taking some of the force. Wow. I mean, that I'm still thinking about you saying you're hitting yourself upside the head. Um, Tyler Eifer, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. This offense has trying to find ways to get things done. They had a good win against Cleveland. Uh, but Tyler Eifer, his injury is back. Uh, what's, what's going on with him? Yeah. You know, this is an injury we're seeing more and more of. It's an overextension of the back, which causes back spasms. If anybody's ever had back spasms, they kill. Uh, There is nothing that hurts worse that I can think of, except maybe if you're Gary Sanchez. Uh, It's one of those injuries that isn't serious, but it talks to what's happening. He's getting popped back, and we're seeing more and more of this. Rob Gronkowski, three back surgeries as a tight end. Uh, Jordan Reed uh, has had lower back spasms on and off uh, throughout the last couple of years. He's a tight end. Uh, defensive linemen like J.J. Uh, Watt, they rush in as fast as they can. A defensive lineman pops him, his back extends. He had two surgeries on his back. This kind of motion, for some reason, seems to be hitting tight ends and defensive ends more because they're bigger, they're faster, linemen are stronger. Uh, this is worrisome in the longer term. So they're going to have to figure out first how to get that spasm out so Eifert can get on the field. Uh, It's not something you can play with. But second, they've got to figure out what's causing this. And if they don't do that, uh, he'll be right back to this in a week, two weeks, four weeks. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber. Always a pleasure to talk about physical ailments with our friend Will Carroll, the leading injury analyst. Well, Andrew Luck was a bit more candid about the particulars of his shoulder procedure this week. What would you take away from that admission? Uh, not, not a whole lot. You know, we knew he had had the surgery. We knew when he had the surgery. Uh, it, it's a posterior tear, but there's two kinds of posterior tears. Uh, one is called a reverse bank art lesion, and that does take a little bit longer. The surgery is a little bit more involved. Um, the other one is a slap tear. That's the same thing that both Cam Newton 
and uh, Jay Cutler had, and both of those guys are back and throwing well. Uh, you only wish that Cam had some brain surgery along with that. Uh, but for Luck, yeah, he was out there. He was throwing. He was looking good. Uh, the team seems to be doing everything right with him. They're not rushing him back. Uh, but uh, you know, when's he going to be ready? What's it going to take for him to be ready? Because in the limited tape we were allowed to see of him, he was throwing well. His mechanics looked good. Uh, you know, he was throwing short. He was throwing out. He was throwing long. Uh, what more does he have to do? Uh, you know, I, I don't get this. People say, well, he's going to need weeks to get his timing back. Well, he's been use, using a thing called Striver, which is the, the virtual reality system, to keep his timing. He's been looking at defenses. I don't think he needs to learn the playbook. It hasn't changed uh, since he was last there, and he could certainly study if he couldn't throw. Uh, a lot of people say, well, he needs to get used to getting hit. I don't understand this at all. I don't think the human body gets used to being hit. Does he need maybe some timing and some practice with his teammates? Yeah, but it's the same receivers he had last year, so I don't even see that as a big issue. I think he's much closer than people think. I still think week six, uh, which I think is against the Jaguars, is a good one. I would not bring it back against the Texans just because of uh, the aforesaid J.J. Watt and uh, Jadavian Clowney uh, and the problems that the Colts have had with their line. Give me your thoughts on, on Carlos Hyde. I mean, he's been the majority part of this offense, and he's a very physical runner, but that's a part of his body that he truly needs because he is so physical and using his legs is his hips. Uh, tell us about his hip and, and, and what's going on there because I hear he missed a few days of practice. Yeah, uh, this is very concerning because obviously it's a big drop-off from Hyde to his backups, and uh, Brian Hoyer needs all the help he can get out there. Uh, this isn't a good team, and uh, the Colts have been fairly good against the run, but historically, power runners give them problems. Uh, you know, Frank Gore, when he was there, uh, gave them so many problems, they eventually signed him. So if Hyde can't get that push, uh, he, he goes away from what his real strength is. And again, anytime you have, have a hip, uh, anytime you have, have uh, anything in the upper thigh, you're going to not be able to push uh, or jump. But that isn't a big part of his game. Uh, normally, you're going to see uh, a slower step off. He's going to try to adjust uh, by pushing off the other foot, which isn't the normal foot he pushes off from. Uh, this is his dominant leg that he's hurt. So it's going to be day-to-day. Uh, yeah, they're calling it a game-time decision. I believe him because they want him to play. They need him to play. Is he going to be able to be it? Uh, this is why the doctors and trainers get the big bucks, making the decision of is 75% or 80% of Carlos Hyde better than the backups, and is, how much is the risk they're willing to take of him re-injuring it? Injury analyst Will Carroll is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Will, last one for me. What is a transverse process fracture in the back, and how long could Derek Carr be out? You know, this one has a pretty long range. First, let's talk about the transverse process. In the lower back, your spine has these two little thing, little bony protuberances that stick out kind of like a V. And they're there to protect the nerves that are coming out uh, that go down into your legs. Those are very, very important, obviously. Now, we've seen this in the NFL a couple times over the last couple of years. Uh, Tony Romo had it in the six weeks. Uh, was able to come back and had that problems, had later back problems, of course, uh, but we're not sure that they're related. Uh, the other one was Cam Newton. Uh, he got rear-ended in a car accident, broke it, and didn't miss any time. So it comes down to function and pain tolerance. Uh, for, for him, I think they're going to have to wait a week, two weeks, to make sure everything heals back up. Uh, to make sure that the bone is healing properly, that it's not going to get hit uh, and snap it back out of place. 
Uh, but this is really going to come down to pain tolerance and then function. Again, there are ways to protect him. Uh, you get him a Kevlar or foam uh, flak jacket. You get him out there a little bit sooner and get him comfortable with it. Uh, you know, it it's still not going to feel good when he gets hit. This isn't something you can shoot up, uh, but it is something that should heal relatively easy. Again, it's a spinal injury, but it has nothing to do with the spinal cord. He's not in any sort of worry about losing his legs or something. As I've heard some people say, he would be at risk if he got back out there too early. Will, great information as always. We'll chat with you next week. Until then, avoid the hammers, okay? I, I will. Thank you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. While you're enjoying the game, enjoy a Miller Lite, because when it comes to a beer brewed to handle a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane pump returns, and I can't believe he caught that. Look for the light beer that's always brewed. For more taste with only 96 calories, Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer on this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste, Miller Lite. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We roll on on NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now it's time for the Fantasy Fix with Holden Kushner of TuneIn Sports. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes the mouth to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy Fantasy fix. And for that, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Holden Kushner, host of MLB on TuneIn. Going to have a busy week with the division series getting underway. Holden, we appreciate you taking the time. Let's start with Le'Veon Bell. Finally, the breakout performance last week fantasy owners were waiting for. What's the forecast this week against the Jaguars? By far and away, the number one play out there. I mean, last week I was I, – I, th- this is what uh, fantasy does to you. It makes you watch crappy games. So I was watching the Jaguars and the Jets quite a bit of it. And Jaguars gave up on a play where Bilal Powell looked down, but he, uh, he wasn't. And they gave up a big play to him. They gave up a big play to just about everybody in the running game. So Le'Veon Bell – uh, should eat. He's getting volume, and he has an absolutely splendid matchup. The Jags have been great against the pass and horrific against the run. Holding after the sideline tantrum and now Ben's comments, does Antonio Brown value go down or maybe even up if Ben decides to force him the ball for a week? He is the best wide receiver out there. There is nobody that can shut him down, and I, I feel like this is more like the A.J. Green thing where A.J. came out and he wanted the ball. Cordell, what would you do? If if Antonio Brown was yelling and screaming, I'll what start running do? it. I'll start running it, holding. I'll start running a little you, bit. More. Oh come on! You would not give. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would throw it to him. You give him the damn ball, so he'd shut up, right? But <laughs> exactly, he's the best. Exactly. Yep. He's the best wide receiver for my money. He's the best out there. They're going to get him the ball. He has a tough tough matchup. Jalen Ramsey's a hell of a cornerback, especially if he shadows him. But it doesn't matter. You're not sitting Antonio Brown. And I think he's a nice play this week. A lot of fantasy chatter about the decline of Daz Bryant Holden. Where are you slotting him this week, heading into the playoff matchup from a year ago against the Green Bay Packers? 
Uh, he is the most fan. He is the most uh, cornerback sensitive wide receiver that there is. If you look at the, you know, the matchups he's had over the first four weeks, he's faced some pretty damn good cornerbacks. And you know, he scored a couple of times. He put up ninety eight yards last week, which was good. This week he gets a secondary, which is a little bit mushy, and that's good for Des Bryant. I think Des Bryant for the first time this year goes down as a top ten option in a game that I have as being a shootout. So. You know, when Des Bryant has a great matchup, you start Des Bryant with confidence, and this is one of those weeks. Talk about Ty Montgomery and his injury and what value he may have in the rest of the Packers' backfield. Yeah, I think this week, again, high-scoring ball game, if he plays, you just go back to the injuries and, and how much that could limit him um, and how much production will fall because of those injuries. I'm, I'm not on Ty Montgomery this week, but I think if Ty Montgomery does not play or he's limited, I think that actually gives Randall Cobb a little, a couple of opportunities out of the backfield. They've used him in that, uh, in that way before, and I think they'll spread the ball around in the air a little bit more. Now, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Williams is a guy that also was uh, limited, so Jones might get some carries. I think the backfield is very muddled for Green Bay. I love the passing attack, even if Devontae Adams doesn't go. Nelson, Cobb, and maybe even Geronimo Allison this week, but I'm, I'm staying off of Montgomery. It's the Fantasy Fix with a versatile broadcaster, Holden Kushner, fantasy analyst, host of MLB on TuneIn. Catch all of the postgame coverage once the Yankees and Indians are done tonight. Let me take you to Denver. What's your take on Demarius Bebe Thomas, and is it time maybe to bench him, drop him? Are we looking for a divorce if somebody's already invested a couple weeks in Thomas? No, I don't think you're divorced. I think you're going to adjust your expectations, though. You know, coming into the year for me, it was a low-end wide receiver, too, which means he was probably somewhere between 22 to 24 of all wide receivers. It just seems as though Trevor Simeon's looking Emmanuel Sanders' way. They got the connection. Sanders getting the red zone looks. Sanders getting the end zone looks. And he's getting more targets per game. So would I just jettison Demarius Thomas? No, absolutely not. Maybe they'll take a little bit of time to work on this. The, t- the, the more talented wide receiver still, I think, is Demarius Thomas. It just seems that the hook, the hookup between Simeon and Emmanuel Sanders is real right now. So uh, you don't jettison him. You don't let him go. You just adjust your expectations. And if somebody wants to buy low on him, fine. Uh, I'm fine with that. Marcus Mariota is a big part of why this offense ticks, especially in the running game because of his ability to move. But with him gone, what happens to the value of this, of the offensive players on the Titans team? Yeah, well, you'd think maybe they want to run a little more, but what's going on with DeMarco Murray uh, and Derrick Henry? Last year they were able to run the ball. This year their offense, their, running, their rushing offense, not been that good. Now they do go up against a team in Miami where I think they can move the ball. I think Rashard Matthews is still going to get his looks. I think Delaney Walker will be more involved in the offense this week, too. If you just dig into the numbers when Mariota hasn't run as much, usually it's the running game uh, that has benefited the most, but it just does not seem like that's going to be an option this week. Um, their, their running game is stalled. So Matthews and Walker, for me, are the two guys. And we're still waiting for Eric Decker to get going. Let's go, Decker. Come on. He's, he's getting some looks in the end zone. Has not put it together yet. I think Matthews and uh, Walker are still in play, though. No doubt about it. Holden probably saw 30 minutes ago Adam Schefter, ESPN reporting. Rob Gronkowski unlikely to play tonight because of the thigh injury. So for our listeners who are hoping to have him in the lineup, what advice would you give them, and how can they work the waiver wire? Well, you'd wait till the last minute. And if Cameron Braid is out there, you start him. I mean, this New England offense has been an absolute sieve this year. It's been a joke. 
Uh, even Cam Newton got off the schneid last week. So, you know, Cam was looking uh, disastrous before his trip to uh, take on the Patriots. So I think that as far as that goes, if it's a last-minute thing, you got to get Gronkowski. you gotta, you got to follow the news. If you have somebody else, you're going to want to play him. But if he plays, you start him. If he doesn't play and Cameron Brait's out there, Brait is a tremendous option. Some other options this, le- this week, I still like Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook's going to get some looks, even though Derek Carr is not there. I like the matchup there. I think Jared Cook is a guy. And if Evan Engram is still on your your uh, waivers, I don't know what he's doing there anymore. He's turned into the mo- second most consistent option in Eli Manning's passing attack. Holden, would you consider using the Vikings defense this week with Trubisky starting his yes. first game? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. We got a rookie in the back. We got a rookie starting under center. The Vikings defense uh, can force some turnovers, and I think that they're going to be a top five option this week. So no doubt about it. I like starting uh, defenses that are home usually. Uh, that there's correlations to more points when teams are playing at home, but you got a rookie quarterback going, especially in his debut. We're not talking about a guy that has three, four starts under his belt. This guy in his debut, the Minnesota defense, has a yummy matchup. It's the Fantasy Fix with our pal Holden Kushner. Holden, how would you approach now the muddled running back situation in Tampa Bay with Doug Martin back from the suspension and Jaquiz Rogers already in the mix? I mean, listen, I'm not starting Doug Martin tonight if I got him. I have no idea what the what the timeshare is going to be. Um, I got a little bit of equity in Jacquez Rogers. I think Rogers still getting touches, but I, I'll defer to you guys. What do you think it's going to be tonight? Because uh, from everything that I would look at, I thought, I don't think there's, there's really a defined role, how much Martin's going to be involved in this. New England can't stop the run, but you tell me, I mean, are they just going to throw Doug Martin into the fire and give him the ball 20 times, 15 times? I'm staying away from him. And if there is one guy tonight that I would go with, it would be Jack Quiz. Which Bucks tight end has a hold higher on, Hold on, hold on, hold well, on. I'm, I'm asking you. you. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, hey, you know, Brian, ahead. you can jump Brian, in and answer ahead. a question, too. I mean, come hold on. It, hold on. Here's how I have job security. This is the yeah. Cordell Stewart show. I set him up. I'm Ed McMahon. I turn off my microphone. So when you pose the question, I was going to let the former player slash fantasy analyst Cordell. answer it. Cordell, okay. what do you the think question. they're going to do tonight with Ask Martin? Ask me the question. What are they well, going to do with Martin and Rodgers? Well, here's the thing, because when you have someone suspended for four games, let's just say that, it's really hard to bring him in. I mean, ask Le'Veon Bell, right? Mm-hmm. He was since he was gone for weeks at a time. He comes back in the game. He struggles the first week. Everyone wonders what's the problem. It's getting better and better as time progresses. Jacques Rogers, I think, has been doing a solid job, but it doesn't hurt to have Doug Martin, who is really the starter of this team. I think they do it by committee. I don't think they do it with just Doug Martin or just Jacques Rogers because you have to get Doug Martin in game shape. All right, so good. So avoid the backfield. And again, since I know that Jack Quiz Rogers is going to be involved, and I don't know how much with Martin, I'm still going Rogers just a little bit more. Well, let's stay right there in Tampa Bay because that's where I was going. And sorry, Holden, for not answering your question properly. I'm sorry for asking you a question. <laughs> how dare you ask Cordell Stewart a question? <laughs> you bet not ever do that. Well, which Bucks tight end has a higher value this season, Cameron Brait or O.J. Howard? Brait. I love Cameron Brait. I love me some Cameron Brait. You know, last year, Brait had a nice go at it. Tonight, he has a monster, monster matchup. And we'll just go back and look at the amount of looks that he's getting 
from one uh, Jamison, uh, Jameis Winston. So started week two. You know, they didn't play week one. So week two against Chicago, a little slow there. Only had three targets, caught two balls. Went four for four with a touchdown in week three against Minnesota. Went and had a nice matchup against the Giants last week. Caught four or six balls for 80 and a touchdown. I absolutely love Cameron Brait this year. Um, and let's face it. You know, the, the wide receivers there, you've got yourself Mike Evans. you got yourself Deshaun Jackson. It doesn't look like Winston's on the same page with Jackson. And you also have two capable tight ends. I just think that the guy that is ahead of the curve and not a rookie right now is Cameron Brait, and he seems to have a good mojo going with Winston. And you know it's an FCC regulation. You mentioned Brait. I have to bring up the fact he went to Harvard. It's good radio. Holden, have a great night. Who can I write a thank you note to at MLB? What a novel concept. A day baseball game in the postseason. They start at 8 your time tomorrow. 8 a.m. Beautiful. I'm calling it sick, Cordell, for the first time. Three hours of you as a solo host. Am I supposed to answer or respond to that? (laughs) No. No. Only when it comes from Holden. (laughs) Well, my my only question is, do you think that game that starts at 8 Pacific will be done by 8 Eastern time? Because, my goodness, these games are just taking – I'm sitting – we've been on the air for like 15 minutes. It's been four pitches. It's driving me nuts. we got to pick up the pace here. You said it, pal. I did not. Have a great show tonight, and that's on whatever the Yankees and Indians end, right? Yeah, whatever. Probably like 4 a.m. I can tell Holden is ready for postseason I'm just so, baseball. I'm so, I'm so – it's, it's just been so slow. These games are driving me nuts. So I will have a, a baseball game and a football game on tonight. I'll just, I will say that. Remember, it's a game without a clock. That's the beauty of baseball. Yeah, well, maybe we need one. <laughs> Thank you, pal. We'll chat yeah. with you next Thursday. You got it. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls for more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free. At home, on campus, or in rival territory, hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's dive deeper into the Thursday night matchup between the Patriots and the Buccaneers as we focus on our original team player presented by Miller Lite, Tampa Bay's Levante David. Now it's time to spotlight our original team player presented by Miller Lite. It's NFL No Huddle, spotlighting the stars of the game who played their hearts out for one team their entire career. It's the original team player presented by Miller Lite. Today, it's Buccaneer outside linebacker Levante David, second round pick from Nebraska in 2012, Miami native, back in his home state of Florida. Last year, 17 tackles for loss, no linebacker in all. Well, football had more, made it to the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. Cordell, we had a conversation with him on this very program a year ago. He is committed to the community, and he is impactful on defense. But since he missed last week's game against the Giants with an ankle issue, doubtful for tonight, how much are the Patriots going to be able to pick on the Buccaneers' defense if David's not on the field? Well, I think the supporting cast there with this Buccaneers defense is, is one that's going to be able to continue. Uh, but when speaking about uh, LD, as we call him, David, 
uh, you think about the things that he's accomplished, uh, let's just say overall, um, being one of only two players in the history of the game to record 100 tackles, six sacks, and five INTs in the season. The other person was Rodney Harrison, one of the people you love uh, when having a chance to speak for him, but the only player in NFL history to record 450 tackles, 15 sacks, and 10 INTs. First in five years. Uh, five seasons, that is. Uh, so he's pretty remarkable, and which basically means a lot will be missed on this side of the football. So um, it's just going to be, you know, hopefully Coach Mike Smith can come in and, and, and truly um, bring a scheme uh, that can allow the next man up to come in and do just that, play his role and come up and, and just fill in the best he can. Now, those numbers I just gave you, of course, um, probably would not be able to be matched, but I don't think that's asked of the player that may need to fill in. I think it's going to boil down to can they fit into the scheme of what they need to do? But it goes to show you how impactful this player is because of all those things I just mentioned and what you mentioned this as well as far as the accolades are concerned and, and accomplishments um, they deserve to be talked about, and especially in this segment. So with saying that, um, I think Coach Mike Smith is going to do a, a great job, which we've seen him do over some years as being a coordinator and, and trying to put these guys in position to have success. David's an outside linebacker. Let's have a general schematic conversation about the role of an outside backer against Tom Brady. Would you bring him off the edge, try to get more pressure on Brady, or maybe you have to drop him in the coverage because the Patriots have so many weapons and folks they're putting out there in the pattern? Well, you, you, I mean, you want to try to confuse him as much as you can, but you don't want to also be confused as well trying to go against Tom Brady because of how he can he can make it seem like it's doing one thing but actually end up doing another. Um you know, I think applying pressure, hopefully by the front by the front four, can be good. But as an outside linebacker, you want to be, you know have good containment as far as the running game is concerned to keep everything inside so the flow won't get outside of the outside linebackers. But at the same time, you want to drop in your areas uh, where you need to based on what certain coverage, certain actual formations are supposed to give you. So, for example, if it's a three-by-one, three receivers on one side and one on the other – and you know whenever you see that, there's always going to be that outside receiver, the single guy, maybe running an in-cut, maybe running a slant, could be running a curl, uh, could be running a double move of some sort. Uh, you want to be prepared to somewhat float in that area where you anticipate him coming so that you can help the cornerback to know where he has to be, which is more outside leverage, so nothing deep to outside leverage, knowing that, uh, your, your your outside linebacker has the inside leverage. So with that conversation being had, I think that that's the way you do it. Keep everything in front of you. Uh, force him to have to hold it as long as he possibly can so that the pressure from the guys up front can actually be applied the right way to have Tom Brady on his back. Because the more you get him on his back, um, the more opportunities you'll end up giving to your offense uh, that would then have a chance to be able to be as explosive and get a chance to see a little bit of Doug Martin. Doug, Doug Martin, yes. Doug Martin, who's now... Uh, available to play because of uh, his four-game suspension um, end up holding him out the first four games. So now you get a chance to see him, and the only way you do that is keep Tom Brady on his back and not allow him to connect with Brandon Cooks, who's been his go-to guy as of lately. The defensive challenge for Tampa Bay might be more straightforward within the last three minutes. Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting. Cordell, Rob Gronkowski now not expected to play. Gronk could be out with the thigh injury. So let's talk about the defensive challenge for Tampa Bay. 
Doesn't that change everything, Cordell, in terms of scheme? Because now if Gronk's not out there, that's one less thing you got to focus on. Yeah, it is. It is. But here's the thing. That's one word you have to be when it's playing against Bill Belichick's offense. See, because the offense is the strong suit of what they're trying to get accomplished because of the lack thereof on the defensive side of the football. So, yes, being focused. Keyword, focus. 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 One less player, but yet you still have to worry about number 12. Number 12 is pretty remarkable. Let's just be let's be transparent and honest. We saw what happened against the Houston Texans there in Foxborough, but then we also had a chance to see what happened week one. Uh, and, and, and also, who else they end up losing to uh, just recently, am I correct? Uh, almost losing against the Houston the, the Houston Texans. Right, and then they and lost the, on Sunday to the Panthers. That's right, the right. Panthers. And so don't let him have the football last is the thing I'm alluding to. I'm trying to get there, having moments here. Don't let him be the last one to have the ball in a game be close. Because if you do, I can almost 90% guarantee you that he'll end up putting himself in position to either score or kick a field goal to win. All right, if we're talking about general takeaways when it comes to the Buccaneer defense, with or without Levante David tonight, let me take you back to two weeks ago. And I know some of the final score was distorted by the fact that Jameis Winston had three turnovers on the road in Minnesota. But what happened defensively, Case Keenum carved them up. I know it's a road game, different circumstance tonight at home. But Cordell, if Case Keenum could do that to the Buccaneer defense, what could Tom Brady do tonight? Well, I mean... (laughs) I don't think it actually works that way all the time because how you scheme, you know, your, your strategies is, is what can help that. I mean, I know we like to tag a player uh, to why they may have had success or didn't have success and why another team should, because another player did um, have success. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to fall into that matrix because I just think when watching Minnesota play, I just thought they did everything right. And when you look at what Dalvin Cook has been able to do over some time, I mean, it's tough to stop all of that. You know, um, you look at Thielen, uh, you look at Diggs, you look at Cook, you look at Murray, who didn't have too many too many yards, but serviceable enough. And, and, and look at Kyle Rudolph and what he did in that defense. And anytime you can keep plays alive and make them, uh, you have a chance to have some success. Now, it, it, it causes you to draw the conclusion because it was Case Keenum that beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What the, what the heck do you think is going to happen with Tom Brady beating this, uh, going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't think it's going to be the same way. They're playing at home now. Uh, they're having a chance to play in their own environment. And I think, it, I think the outlook may look or may be a little different. The outcome, I think, will be different as well uh, based on how we saw this Minnesota team play last week. Uh, and also seeing how this New England Patriots team struggled. So I, th- I know some may say, well, I'm not going against, not going against Bill Belichick. I mean, you, you, you get him a couple times, he, he ends up figuring it out. I just don't think this will be the week. I think we end up seeing a team playing against one uh, that struggled the same way the last week. Um, they did. You know, both teams struggled. Let's just be real. They struggled. Uh, and I think now they get an opportunity to get their get back, so to speak. And I, when I say struggle – I mean, whether it's a loss or how they played. Uh, I, I look at this team in Tampa Bay to be a little bit better than what they've been, offensively and defensively. And, and it starts with number three uh, on that offense, and that's the quarterback in, in Jameis Winston. And so if, if they can get a good start and not get caught up into the hype, but actually use that hype to get even more prepared uh, than they normally would, because here, here's the thing for me, I, you know, one or two things can happen when playing against a Bill Belichick team. 
you can be exposed as a coaching staff. You could be exposed as a player. Because what I saw in this team at Greenbrier, uh, which is the resort out in West Virginia where Houston held their camp and had a chance to practice against the New England Patriots, I saw a, a, a machine that understands how to move in practice. I mean, not too much talking, all work. And when you can see that and get that type of action, to me, I mean, you'll get a chance to see how the, the, the deficiencies are with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Even though that team in New England is struggling defensively, you'll still get an opportunity to see if they're ready to hit on all cylinders. I think they are because I think this may be one of those games where there has to be a breakout game for them. Um, but it remains to be seen again. And while it is tough to, to say this about a New England Patriots team, I mean, you are what your record says you are, and you are what we see on the television, which is a team that's been inconsistent, inconsistent, especially on the defensive side. Well, it would certainly be a boost for the Buccaneers defensively if they can have Levante David on the field tonight. Monumental challenge, even without Gronk, to match up against Tom Brady and the Patriots and then moving forward within the division. Certainly going to need the skill of David when you face a future Hall of Famer and Drew Brees. Cam Newton, who won the MVP a couple of years ago in the reigning NFL MVP, and Matt Ryan. Levante David of the Buccaneers, our original team player, presented by Miller Lights. This original team player segment has been presented by Miller Lite, the original light beer. Miller Lite, hold true. NFL No Huddle will be back right after this. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. While you're enjoying the game, enjoy Miller Lite, because when it comes to a beer brewed to handle a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane pump returns, and I can't believe he caught that, look for the light beer that's always brewed. For more taste with only 96 calories, Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer on this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste, Miller Lite. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for Cordell and I to let you know what we are more than sure is going to happen on Thursday Night Football. It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure. All right, partner, typically we go category by category. Let's shake it up, because if we just were to spotlight coaching, that's advantage Belichick. If we're going to talk about defenses, few teams have had more defensive issues than the New England Patriots. Let me frame it this way. How close is the Buccaneer offense in terms of firepower and talent at the skill position to what Tom Brady is going to show tonight on the road in Tampa? Well, I'll tell you what. And I take a deep breath because this is a hard one to gauge. You're going down to Tampa. It's not an easy place to play. I think the offense for Tampa is just a a play or two away from really exploding. Uh, There's a time to do it. It it could be against the worst defense in the national, overall defense in the National Football League and the New England Patriots. Um, I know Tom Brady is asked to do so much. I mean, to be able to put up 30 points, more than 30 points or so to help try to win the game. um, I mean, that's... 
that's what it'll take, and you better believe they're going to do everything they can. But I think from a team standpoint, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game. I'm going with Tampa Bay. Um, I think defensively, Mike Smith is going to have them prepared to play. Uh, we had a chance to to see some balls being thrown and and not being able to to hit some of the receivers and stride down the field deep like Deshaun Jackson, uh, not hitting him early enough and in, in, in stride. Uh, I think the running game, I think you mentioned that running the running backs is coming back in Doug Martin. Uh, will he be able to carry the load? I doubt it. But Jacquez Rogers will be able to split some time to help. Of course, he's been the one doing it. I like Tampa Bay in this one. I think Jameis Winston, he goes out and he plays well. And, you know, he doesn't try to force it. But understand that if he can play the type of football that keeps this offense on the bench long enough and force them to have to play from behind. As of right now, he's thrown six TDs and only three INTs so far. He's got sacked just five times. They could continue this with this defense that sometimes get after the ball carrier really well in the QB. Ryan Weber. Weber with two Bs. They'll have a chance to win it. It'll be a close game, but I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucket. What's the final score? Final score, very close, by the way. 24-21. Tampa Bay wins by an early field goal, and you see Tom Brady getting a drive. Interception by a linebacker. You choose. Injuries do come into play. Backups, whoever it may be. <laughs> a lot to dissect there. A lot to dissect You mentioned there, the kicker, Nick Folk. He had a wobbly game against the Giants on Sunday. The Bucks kicker missed a pair of field goals and a PAT. I'm taking the Patriots on Woo! the road. It'll be tight, but they win by seven because if they lose, and you're correct, the sky will be falling in New England. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.